Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. The elite athlete knows that his or her time in the spotlight and on a national stage will be no more than a small fraction of a lifetime. What has he done to prepare for the rest of his life? Is she ready to meet the challenges that lie ahead once her playing days are over? Two UCLA graduates from different generations and with an insider's knowledge introduce you to some of the greatest athletes of this or any generation as they talk about life after the glory. Lucy Singh is the founder of Resiliency, offering life and resilience coaching to athletes as they leave behind the field of play. Gary Stern is a Southern California consumer attorney and mediator and a veteran of multiple baseball fantasy camps where he was coached by some of the game's elite players who know what real life is all about once their playing days were over. And now, here's Lucy and Gary. Welcome to After the Glory. I'm Gary Stern with my partner Lucy Singh. Our guest today is Sean Conley, former NFL place kicker, now a yoga instructor and a motivational speaker. And he's the author of a compelling book released this year entitled, The Point After, How One Resilient Kicker Learned That There Was More to Life Than the NFL. Today, we veer from the elite athlete who experienced the highs and lows of relatively long careers at the top of their sport to someone who discovered that all too often the price for getting there is not a price worth paying. Sean Conley was an elite place kicker in college, signed by pro teams only to discover the dark underbelly of the physical and emotional price many have to pay if they want an NFL career. Instead, Sean got out and in the process discovered himself and the passion he has for living and helping others discover their best selves. Welcome, Sean. Great to have you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Excited. Uh, the the book is incredible. I, I cannot tell you how much of an impact it made on me personally for a lot of reasons. But I, I want to ask you this. Um, the book came out this year. Why did you write it? And why did you write it now? Yeah, yeah. well, uh, I, I wrote it because... You know, I, I've been teaching yoga for about 17 or eight, 18 years, and I've seen how much the, the practice has helped people. But I felt like like my story, which, you know, I, I, I was someone very unlikely to, to ever get into yoga. You know, when I was playing football in the 90s, um, practicing yoga, meditation was considered like far out. Um, you know, sports at the time, and still is to a certain degree for sure, is about pushing yourself being competitive, uh, macho, all that stuff. Um, but you know, what I eventually discovered once my career ended and I started practicing yoga, I, I, I discovered that it was a practice that could not only heal my body, but could also heal my mind and how I, how I looked at a lot of things. Cause when my career ended, um, I lived with like a lot of regret. Um, so my body was beat up, but also just, um, you know, I had, I was stuck. I, I, my whole identity I felt like was football. So I felt like if I could tell my story about like what I went through the highs and lows and what I learned that it may help some other people, you know, maybe relate to that. And also maybe, you know, take up, take on yoga and meditation. I love that, Sean. I was going to actually ask you to dive deeper into what you mentioned in yoga and meditation being, you know, generally, 
uh, dominated by females. So what helped you kind of grow in that industry and actually stay in it for decades? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I wouldn't have got into yoga if it wasn't for my wife, who who um, was my girlfriend at the time during football. And she pushed me. This was near the end of my career when I was with the Colts and I was having all kinds of problems. I was taking with my back. I was taking uh, uh, pain pills, muscle relaxants. And she's like, you know, try yoga. It'll help your back. You know, maybe you'll have a longer career. And I just, I just refused to, to believe her. Um, but eventually once I got into it. That's after she said, Hey, you, you know, just like, what do you have to lose? And I got into it. That's what got me to just, just, just keep going into the yoga. It sounds very familiar in my household. <laughs> my uh, partner just asked me this morning when our next yoga class is. And usually that's my question, but he, he was the one who initiated it this morning. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so while we're on the topic of yoga, can I just ask you before we even go further, what's your favorite pose? Being 100% honest, it's the last one, Shavasana. Shavasana, <laughs> me too. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the yoga practice and there's some days where I love doing all the poses, but for the most part, it's just like, I, I know that I need it. And then when it's over, I'll feel, I'll feel better, so. <laughs> and honestly, as many people think it is the cheater pose, it's also just as hard, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think for a lot of people, I know for myself, like when you're in that last pose, your mind starts to go, what do I got to do next in five minutes? And so Shavasana is a great pose where you're just, okay, I, I got to practice just being right here. So yeah, so even though it, like a lot of people think the harder poses are the ones where like you're balancing and doing those strength building ones. But I think, yeah, a lot, the, the, really the harder poses are the, are the ones mentally when you're asked to just stay still. <laughs> Sean, the... Um your journey to get to that place of of being a teacher and having a business um, was obviously informed by uh, a really, for me anyway, a painful number of years in which you succumbed, I guess, to the the drug of the sporting world at the elite level. It started as a kid. You went to punt, pass, and kick, and you just fell in love with kicking. You did other sports, but can you talk a little bit about how football and particularly place kicking um, became such a um, uh, an intense thing in your life. So I'm originally from Erie, Pennsylvania, and it, it's considered this this city, which is just like very like Americana. So like you know everybody was like really into sports, and um, you know the Fourth of July and all that. It's a working class town, and so football was was you know, sports was king or sports was the big thing, but football like was, was king there. Um, you know, my father was really into sports. And so like, that was, that was, that was my life. So that's really what, um, the, the only thing I, I really wanted to do because I wanted to be part of that. It's an amazing thing and you became good at it very early. So Sean, before we get to break, I'd like to just ask one more question in how yoga being, you know, very important for our mind. How do you think you were able to channel a sport that was so mentally emotional. Yeah, that, that that took a really long time for me. I remember my first few yoga classes when I would take them from my wife, Karen, I'd go in the back corner and it was myself and maybe 20 women in the room and they'd all be moving through the poses, which appeared to be like no problem. And there was me feeling broken, you know, like like my body was broken. Um, I was like a, like, a, like a beat up old card, I had a really hard time moving. So I, I became very competitive in my yoga practice. So when I started doing it, I thought like, okay, I want to be able to do all these poses. So for months, that that was me. I was pushing. I was just just 
picking up where I left off with football, I, that I thought I'd, I would treat it the same way. If I push it, if I push hard enough, I'll be able to do all these poses. But over time, what I discovered was I, I, I would find that I'd get little, little injuries in yoga because I was doing the same thing. So eventually I realized, wow, like I, I like pushing is not going to be effective long-term. And, you know, it was also the breathing too. My wife would talk about the breathing in class and I would just forget that because I thought what benefit is there to breathe? Because that didn't make any sense to me. Um, but eventually I started doing that. And then the more and more I practiced, because it was something that just didn't happen overnight. Eventually I started to like learn all these little lessons and eventually it all, it all sunk in that, that this is something that could help me beyond my body physically. So after we come back from this break, I'd love to talk more about what your NFL career looked like towards the end and how you've embraced your fear of failure into this new career and life after the glory with Sean Conley. Hello, this is Dean, third generation owner of Sarah Leonard Fine Jewelers. We are located near UCLA in the heart of Westwood Village, where we have been since 1946. For 74 years, my family has stood for the highest standards of knowledge and integrity and are proud members of the prestigious American Gem Society. But it is our personal touch that truly makes us a cut above. Client relationships last for decades and generations. With six UCLA alumni, the family has supported UCLA for decades, including the famous Sarah Leonard Jewelers Watch Giveaway. For diamonds and colored gems, designer collections and estate jewelry, watches, custom design, and gorgeous gifts starting under $100, it's all here at Sarah Leonard Fine Jewelers. Mention the code GLORY and get 20% off your first purchase, plus a 10% UCLA discount on all future purchases. Call 310-208-3131 today for your appointment or visit us at sarahleonardjewelers.com. Free parking available. Again, call 310-208-3131, use the code GLORY and experience the Sarah Leonard difference for yourself. Have you ever wanted to experience the thrill of playing spring training baseball with some of the game's legends? At LADABC, we believe you should be able to live your dream of being a pro baseball player, and now you can. The LADABC Adult Baseball Camp is an independently owned and operated fantasy camp for men and women over the age of 30. As an independent camp, you can be a fan of any team from any city and you'll feel right at home with us. Our next camp is scheduled for November 7th through the 13th, 2021, and will be held at the historic Dodger Town Complex in Vero Beach, Florida, now known as the Jackie Robinson Training Complex. You'll play ball all week long on the best practice fields in the nation. You'll enjoy use of state-of-the-art facilities, and you'll be pampered and cared for just like a major leaguer. We invite you to visit our website and sign up for our November 2021 camp. Just go to www.ladabc.com. That's ladabc.com. And we're back on After the Glory with Lucy Sang and Gary Stern here with Sean Conley to tell us what life was like the moment he realized his NFL career was going to be over. Sean, can you talk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I was... I was on my third stint in the NFL. I was I was with the New York Jets and this this stop or this team that I played for the Jets at the time, it seemed like this was it. This was the team I was going to make the roster, have a have a long career, live in New York City. Um, live happily ever after and all that good stuff. Um, the the kicker they had at the time was forty. I was I was twenty five. So they he had a 
really uh, uh, expensive contract. I came in on the cheap. So everything was at a fresh leg, or at least I thought I did. So it was all set up perfectly for me. So I thought this is it. Um, and then during the, uh, during the mini camp, um, because I trained so much, so hard up until this time, just a couple days into mini camp, my leg just gave out. It, it had given out a few other times, but I was able to bounce back through uh, like numbing up the pain and uh, you know, all sorts of, you know, uh, just doing different exercises that seemed to like be short-term fixes, but this was it. I, all of a sudden my, my field goals, instead of going, you know, 60 yards, they could only go 45 or 50. My kickoffs couldn't go to the end zone. And once they can't go into the end zone, that's the end of your career. So I, I walked into the, uh, uh, the, the physician's office at, at with, with the jets and he examined me and he found that my hip flexor was degenerated. He told me. And I asked him if I could ever kick again. He, he said, no, you can't. Like the, the muscle's gone. So for me, that was, I, I didn't even believe it. I actually ended up going playing for the, uh, the Scottish Claymores in the World Football League after that. So that, that was like when my career ended. And I had a really hard time. I was stuck for a very long time, for a couple of years, I bet, um, thinking back. And it was because that was my identity. I mean, when I made the NFL, when I was trying to make the NFL, it was always, I am an NFL football player. Like that is it. There's nothing beyond this. I'll have this long career. So I was, it, I was, it was, it was pretty shattering for me. I mean, now looking back, I'm, I'm glad that it finished when it did because I was able to move on. But when it first happened, I felt like there was nothing to move on to. You, you know, Sean, let me follow up on that. One of the takeaways from the book is if not an indictment, at least a cautionary tale about the NFL. Uh, you, you write about the fact that there are so few jobs for place kickers. And this goes back even to high school. And by the time you began college, it was plain that you were one of the best in the country. But place kicking is an unusual uh, discipline within the sport. Uh, you eventually went to University of Pittsburgh and played just the one year in your senior year and were frankly one of the best in the country. By all the measurements you were, and but you weren't drafted, you signed on as a free agent, um, eventually with the Detroit Lions. And I was struck by a moment you had with, with the Hall of Famer Barry Sanders, where you're, he, he became your throwing buddy during practice. And he made a comment to you one day, he just sat you down and said, you know, you don't have to do this. This, this doesn't need to define you. Coming from a Hall of Famer, that must have been an incredible moment. Can you follow on that and tell us what it meant to you? Yeah, that 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 was that was a really big moment for me. We we were playing the Dallas Cowboys in in, in London, and for the first few nights, the coach uh, Wayne Fonts, the head coach of the Lions, he gave us this, this curfew, and it slid down like so. It was like three a.m., two a.m., one a.m. I think it was the second or the third night out, and I went out with my roommate and some other guys and we did what the rookies do, you know, we partied and all that stuff. And I came back into the lobby in our, you know, swanky hotel there in London. And there's Barry Sanders reading like a little, little, little book. I don't know if it was like a Stephen King book or something, he had a little paperback. And I was hoping he wouldn't see me. So I tried to walk past him, you know, cause, cause you mentioned we used to, we were, we would play catch before practice. And then he caught me and I sat down with him and, and the topic turned to like, you know, my career. And, and he just said to me, Hey, like, um, there's more to life than the NFL. And it, it just really hit me because here was Barry Sanders, who was well on pace to be the leading rusher of all time. And it was crazy because when he uh, retired, he, he still could have got the record. He could have broke, broke the record, but he still 
for him, you know, he must have learned it much earlier than I did. He 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 retired early, so that that always stuck with me. Unfortunately, I, I didn't. When he said it, I, I I didn't take it all in at the time. You know, I you know later, you know, a few years later, when I tried to move past my thing, I looked back and I knew he was definitely wise. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about that is that with the Lions, they gave you the chance. They put you in a preseason game so you'd have video to show other teams. Um, it didn't work out with the Lions. Um, and yet you went back to Pittsburgh. You got your degree. Um, your high school crush, Karen, uh, and you marry within a year. Your family is beginning. And you write in the book that your perspectives and priorities changed the moment you had that first child. Talk about that and, and how it manifested um, uh, at that point in your life. Yeah, that, that, that made a big difference in my life. You know, I felt like up until that point, I was so like all about myself and my goals and football and, and everything. But that, and, and when it happened, it, it, it threw us off for myself and Karen, because like, oh, she had plans too to be a teacher. And so we felt like, oh, wow, our, our whole life now, it's like, this isn't the way it was supposed to go. And so we went through that whole period of that. But then when it happened, it was like the most beautiful and amazing thing. And it completely uh, shifted the way I thought like, wow, this is, there's more to life than just just than than my own personal goals like I, I can you know you know starting a family was life-changing for me and so Sean I've heard you say there's more to life in the last you know few minutes multiple <laughs> times can can you share if that conversation with Barry was it one of the first that you actually had a thought about more to life or you know were there other opportunities that happened for you, maybe with other coaches, maybe even other teammates, or maybe with your partner and family members? Was more to life outside of NFL even a conversation for you while you were in the league? No, I, I, I don't think so. You know, I, um, I had ADD, and so that was something um, that was sometimes for me like an ally, but also like like an enemy. And so for, for me, it was like that was it i was i was like always like in this world like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this it doesn't matter what other people think like i was in that so um i never really you know and if i did have those conversations with people or maybe my parents said hey it's so big deal if you know you don't make the nfl i probably didn't even hear them because i was so driven which had its benefits because it helped me get to the place i did but it came at the price of of the uh, of beating myself up mentally and physically when we come back more with Sean Connolly. Since 1980, Woodland Hills lawyer Gary Stern has been known as a lawyer's lawyer, passionate about his clients and equally passionate about bringing honor, dignity, and respect to the legal profession. Gary Stern represents folks seriously injured because of healthcare negligence, defective and dangerous products and property, neglect in long-term care facilities, and careless operation of cars and trucks. He has successfully resolved hundreds of cases for his clients, providing them with the financial help they needed during trying times. Gary Stern is a member of the prestigious National Trial Lawyers Top 100, active with consumer attorneys of Los Angeles and California, and is admitted to the bar of the Supreme Court of the United States. And most important, I am proud to call him dad. You can reach Gary Stern at 818 810-2717 or visit his website at www.sternlaw.org Welcome to After the Glory on Podclips. Here's Lucy and Gary. 
And we're back on After the Glory. Sean, thank you so much for being so transparent with us. I know you mentioned that you had ADHD and I'm imagining it hasn't gone away. So can you tell us a little bit more about what life is like now as a full grown adult managing a family, a yoga instructor and meditation leader? How's that impacting your life? And, you know, what are the ways that you cope with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have it. Um, so what yoga and meditation has helped me do with my ADD is, is, is to help me um, just become more aware of when I go back into um, just being stuck in repetitive thinking. So, you know, when I was diagnosed with ADD, you know, it wasn't like they told me like, oh, this is how it goes. Like you have these repetitive thoughts or you do this or you do that. I, I just, I can only like look back and see how it worked. And that was that I would have, you know, tunnel vision that was sometimes a good thing, you know, for helping me get to my career and sometimes not so good because I'd start to, let's say, like beat myself up in the head. But what I, what I can do with my ADD now with yoga and meditation is I can um, you know, when I just take time to breathe and sit and get away from like the busyness is, is I can now have the ability, I guess you could say to catch myself when I go back into repetitive thinking, like it'll still happen. Like I'll still like, Oh, this is my ADD. Like, um, if there's like a project at the house, like I want to, want to, uh, do something to my attic, I'll start it. And then I, I won't be able to, to finish it until like I, I go to something else. So I finish it. So I get all into it. But then now with the yoga and meditation, um, with like the practice, I could catch myself like, Hey, like it, you don't need to be, be doing this all right now. You, you can step away. And that, and then it be, of course it comes into like more important things too. Like if there's something that doesn't go, go right with like, with our business, uh, you know, if I start to get really upset about it and stressed out about it, um, the yoga meditation, so just focusing on it where the ADD gets the best of me, I can, I can just step out and like, Hey, it's, it, it's okay. Breathe relax. So it's a constant struggle, I, you know, but I think now the yoga meditation helps me catch myself when I start to go, go back into it. One of the things, uh, Sean, about your book that's so compelling is that it is not only well-written, but it truly takes us on a journey. And, and there was a journey you had to go through to get to the place of, of yoga. You talk about those last couple of attempts to sign on with the Indianapolis Colts and then the New York Jets. But somewhere in there, you begin to realize that the self-medication and the pain was just too much. That, And also the overtraining. You talk about the fact that there were some major figures in making who, who shocked you by saying that they took an entire summer off uh, instead of continuing <laughs> to train. Before we go on our last break, take us through that that mindset of uh, getting out of football, uh, that moment when you decided with Karen, it's time. I, I think for me, what it, you know, I, I love that what you mentioned about what like when other athletes mentioned, uh, they like take breaks. It was Gary Anderson, who was the really successful kicker with the Steelers. And I called him up like, hey, like, do you want to get together and train? I just signed with the Detroit Lions. He says, I, I, I take the whole summer off. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't start until the season starts again in August. And I remember hanging up the phone. And the first thought that came into my mind is like, this guy's lazy. I thought about it after a week or two. I'm like, well, he can't be. He's been for eight years. Maybe there's, there's, there's something to that. And, you know, so, you know, fast forwarding, like when my, when my, my career ended, you, you had those that. last two NFL teams, and then you went to Scotland, mm -hmm. and you come back, and mm -hmm. you're just – people don't think of place kickers as having injuries, but, of course, the repetitive use thing with your back and your leg is what's going to get to a lot of kickers. And you and Karen, with her urging, decide, that's it. I'm back from Scotland. That's it. Take us through that 
right. decision to say I've had enough finally. Yeah, you know, so so after Scotland, when I came back, I still wasn't even ready to give up because I didn't know what I wanted to do next, and I felt like a failure. So I had to try something. So I I I always told myself like if I got to the point where no NFL team would call me back, I I would uh, that would be it. But I couldn't help myself. And there was the Arena Football League, which I'm not sure if it's around anymore now. I think um, with COVID, maybe not. But um, the Arena Football League, I, I, I called them up and they they brought me up for a tryout. They said, yeah, yeah, we, we, we could use a kicker. And they offered me a, a contract. And then I, 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 I told my wife afterwards, I said, I'm not going to do this. I, I just, I, I got to move on. So we tried to get out of the building and eventually uh, we found the door. We got out. I didn't even tell the coach. I felt terrible. I didn't even tell the coach that I, I didn't want the contract. I just, just got out of there. Cause I knew I was just too weak. I had to do it. So when we were driving back, it just, you know, just talking to Karen, I just, just, I just started to verbalize like all my feelings about it. And she was the one who really like helped me like, Hey, like you, there, there, there's more to you than, than, than being a football player. And so that's where that thought started to come in, you know, that I had to do this, but it, you know, unfortunately it was, it, it wasn't something that happened overnight. Like the next day I, I moved on, it, it took, it, it, you know, it, it took, it took time to, to get through that, but I definitely felt, you know, it was pretty devastating because I just, you know, I felt stuck. As we get ready to go to break, uh, just take a minute or so and tell us the first career after football was in pharmaceutical sales. But even there, you discovered something about yourself that made you uncomfortable in that field. And, and I was struck by the connection between your values that had developed by then and the decision to leave that field. Uh, take a moment and talk about that. Yeah, so so I felt like okay, I got I got to replace the you know the competitive world of, of sports NFL with something else competitive. So I got into pharmaceutical sales, and I was you know really successful, and I worked really hard, and I won all these sales contests. But you know, being there for a few years, I started to see what what I was really doing, and what I was really doing was 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 not helpful to a lot of people. Um, you know, the company that I worked for um, specialized in HIV and we charged an outlandish amount of money just for like one month of medicine. And, and it just, it just didn't sit well with me. I'm like, this is, this is not what I want to do. I want to be able to, you know, you know, help people make a difference. You know, it didn't feel right. So it took me a while to quit because, you know, they, they, they gave me all these perks, the pay, the company car, everything. But eventually, um, eventually I let that go. And, and one of the things that motivated me to let it go was um, uh, Mike Arruzzioni, the captain, captain of the, the, the 1980 uh, um, uh, Olympic U.S. hockey team, the, the, the Miracle on Ice team. He gave a speech and he just said, hey, if, if what you're doing right now, your job, if you don't love it, like with all your heart, if it doesn't make your heart sing, then quit. Let somebody else have it. And I, that, that was pretty much the beginning of the end for me. I'm like, he, he's right. This is not... This is not getting my you know heart out. This isn't doesn't feel right. So, months you know a few months later, I I I, I made the move and then moved into full time teaching yoga. It was scary giving all that up and not having health benefits and all that, but it was it was the right thing to do for sure. When we come back, uh, we'll have one more round with Sean to talk about his life and the great work he's doing now, many years after the football career had ended. When we come back. 
Thinking about a new or used car? Think Infinity of Thousand Oaks. We've been serving Thousand Oaks in Southern California for years. We have new, used, and certified pre-owned Infinity vehicles available now with many special offers. There's something for everyone. Infinity of Thousand Oaks is your home for the best deals on Infinity cars. With the COVID pandemic, we offer contactless sales. Call our sales office at 805-262-7442 or visit infinityofthousandoaks.com. Pick out a vehicle and we'll deliver it to your home or office with all the paperwork done with the power of the internet. Our award-winning sales and service team is waiting to give you the best service in buying a vehicle you've ever had. Call us today at 805-262-7442 and make an appointment for your new 2020 Infinity or visit our website at infinityofthousandoaks.com. Life Coaching for Athletes is here to help. Coach Lucy is a certified life coach focused on working with athlete-minded people in finding and pursuing success in life outside of sports. She serves as an accountability partner and offers different perspectives when her clients are facing big challenges and decisions. Follow Resiliency on Instagram at Resiliency, that's R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T-S-E-E underscore coaching for more information. As a co-host of After the Glory, Coach Lucy is excited to share her expertise in working with athletes and looks forward to connecting with all you listeners to learn more of your stories as well. This is Sean Conley, and you're listening to After the Glory. And we're back on After the Glory with Sean Conley here. Sean, tell us all about what you're up to now, what's keeping your, you know, you busy, what your day-to-day looks like. Bring it to us. All right. Yeah, so um, I, uh, along with my wife, uh, Karen, in Pittsburgh, we, we own three yoga studios. Uh, they are, the doors are physically closed though. So we, with COVID, we are doing everything on online. We, we have uh, on-demand classes. We um, do live streaming classes. And when the weather was good, not too long ago, we were, we were teaching outside. So it's, it's completely different. Like most of the yoga studios out there, we are just trying to, trying to hang on. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And I know Gary mentioned the kids earlier. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how you're managing with your kids at home. Yeah, so they're they're all home now. Uh, my oldest daughter, she was in Boston. She lost her job, and so she's home. Um, and then my second oldest daughter, she actually just uh, luckily found a. Uh, she's working on a farm in Hawaii. It's something she always dreamed about. So she she just graduated from college, but because there's not too many jobs out there right now, she did that. And then our our two youngest are are at home, uh, going to school remotely. So we're all together for the most part. <laughs> just missing one. Your description of Karen is remarkable. She was uh, that high school crush from afar, and eventually you were the last man standing, uh, which uh, uh, which was obviously a blessing for you. <laughs> and she was your biggest fan, and, and she was there uh, having already started in the yoga field, and she remains your business partner to this day in the yoga studios. Is that right? That is that is right. Yeah, she was a uh, pioneer in the yoga world. She got into into yoga in in the in the mid to mid nineties, which was it was still considered pretty out there. So when she opened up her her studio in Pittsburgh, it was we, we believe it was the first uh, the yoga studio in all of Pittsburgh in all of Pennsylvania back in the late late nineties. So if you come to Pittsburgh now, there's all kinds of yoga studios, and most of them. Um, those teachers train with under Karen at some point people call her call her the yoga mama of Pittsburgh so <laughs> well I, I just want to say this uh, as we wrap up today Sean um, 
The book is The Point After, How One Resilient Kicker Learned There Was More to Life Than the NFL. It is a great read. Uh, you can get it. Uh, all of our listeners can get the book uh, wherever uh, books, uh, Amazon and all the other places you can get uh, books, both online and um, hard copy. I have mine. Um, it is a great read. Whether you are a football fan, a sports fan generally, or just want to read about a compelling story of somebody who found himself and found his passion, perhaps a little later than others, but it is never too late to find your passion. Sean Conley, thanks for being our guest today. Thanks, Gary and Lucy. I really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. After the Glory is a production of our company, After the Glory, the podcast, in conjunction with Podclips, a network featuring premium podcasts for the 21st century. Learn more at podclips.io. Our producer is Mark Allen, and our recording engineer is the insane Daryl Wayne. Until we meet again, we are your hosts, Gary Stern and Lucy Singh. Take care, everybody. Take care.